0: Redskins, capitals, wizards and the nationals, rapping for my teams cause I stay loyal to the capital. I can't believe the intro music is probably gonna have to change. it definitely has to change at the very least maybe i'll like dub over the word redskins with whatever the new team name is um hopefully Poly polo can get on a new track and we can get some sweet sweet new intro music welcome to another episode of district divided i am your host amit singh this week maura duffy washington spirit season ticket holder and member of the spirit squadron joins me to talk about yes the washington spirit They've got a playoff game coming up this Saturday, July 18th at 12.30 p.m. against Sky Blue FC based in New Jersey. So we're going to break down that matchup. We're going to talk about how far the Spirit can go in this year's Challenge Cup. It's a very fun interview. Highly recommend listening to it, which you'll be doing in just a few moments. Outside of that, we're going to have your State of the Union, where we're going to be covering Elena Deladon, who had a really moving... Uh, article inside of the Players' Tribune. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit, as well as just your regular roundup across DC sports. And we're going to talk about the most hyped news story, and no one knows what it's about. Let's get into it. It's the interview with Maura Duffy joining me this week on district divided is a good friend of mine and a washington spirit season ticket holder also played up through high school so she is well familiar with the sport of soccer maura duffy maura how are you doing this evening
1: i'm doing great amit how about you
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Last week, we talked a bit more about the NWSL. We had a deep dive with Emma Johnson. And this week, we're going to get more specific into the Washington Spirit, the local team. And I'm hoping you can help us out with that.
1: Yes, I'd love to. Thanks for having me on.
0: Of course. Of course. Thanks for being on. So why don't we just get into it? The Washington Spirit in the preliminary round finished with a 2-1-1 record. So they ended up finishing in second place out of eight in the preliminary round, which is really good. What has led to their success in this round of games before the playoffs?
1: Yeah, I think the main thing that's led to their success in this NWSL Challenge Cup is they kind of picked up right where they left off last year. Um, 2019 was a big rebuilding year for the Spirit. For some history, 2018 for the Spirit was just completely abysmal. They came in eighth. Place out of nine. They only won two games out of 24. Um, but then 2019 brought in a new majority owner, new head coach, Richie Burke. And he's really started his style of playing a possession game, playing a lot of passes. And so 2019, the Spirit really established themselves as maybe not quite a contender because they missed the playoffs, but. Um, a team that was hard to beat. And so I think that uh, the squad is still pretty young, but now they already have that first year under their belts of playing that style that the coach wanted to play. And so that now the players are a little bit older, they know what the game plan is, and they could really just pick up on that. And then also he's been able to bring in some personnel that are – more adept at that style of like, being very comfortable on the ball, being able to connect passes. And so I think that that's made a huge difference. Another thing, going into this tournament, I was kind of worried that the Spirit and all the NWSL teams, for that matter, would come out pretty rusty just from not playing any competitive matches in many months. But it's been the complete opposite, and it seems like everyone's in the best shape that they've ever been. Rose Lavelle is looking super fast. Um, the back line was looking pretty solid. So I think all of that, they're just kind of taking their momentum from last season and, and trying to take one step even further. Um, and that's, yeah, been good enough for second place, like you said.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. And, you know, one of the things I have noticed is that possession-based, you know, style that Richie brings to the team. As a new Spirit fan myself, it's very fun to see the likes of Andy Sullivan and DiBiase and, you know, Ashley Sanchez when she's been playing and Ashley Hatch, of course, Rose Lavelle. Who, I mean, what, what else to say about her? It's fun to see them ping the ball around and get creative on the offensive side of things. Um, and as you said, uh, there was no rust um, in the eighth minute of our very first game. Rose Lavelle scored, you know, so yeah. what a great way to start the Challenge Cup. And just to quickly recap the results for people we won our opener 2 to 1 against the Chicago Red Stars before falling to the North Carolina Courage who by the way have won all four of their preliminary round games they beat the Spirit 2 to 0 then tied the Portland Thorns 1 to 1 and then more recently in our last game beat the Houston Dash 1 to 0 Aubrey Bledsoe getting the clean sheet there now speaking about Andy Sullivan who is someone I really enjoy watching unfortunately I won't be able to anymore because she for her meniscus in the game and victory against the Houston Dash. Now she's team captain, star midfielder, 2018 number one overall pick in the draft. Mora, how big of a blow is this to the team and who is the replacement for Andy Sullivan? Can you replace her?
1: Uh, this is just an absolutely huge blow for the Spirit. I cannot overstate enough how much of a loss this is. Andy, she's the team captain. She, she plays center mid, but the most defensive posture of the center mid, of the, of the midfield trio. So she's really kind of the anchor of organizing the defense. And then she's also responsible for kind of getting the offense going and connecting the passes between the offense or the defense and playing it forward. And then she can also dribble and kind of break down teams by herself. And she just she's the captain of the team, and she has that ability to really just take the game on her shoulders. Um, and it's it's easy to forget that she's only twenty four years old and still pretty young in her soccer career because she just plays like such a veteran. So yeah, it's a huge blow, and I think that the, the spirit team are, is really built around her. I don't think that there's any player that the Spirit have that can be a direct like for like replacement. I don't even know if there's any other players in the league that could really replace her. So I think that the coach might end up changing their tactics a little bit and maybe switching from their favored four three three formation into a three five two. There's also a player Maggie Maggie Doherty Howard who's been on the Spirit for. I think probably four or five years, so she might bring that kind of veteran presence. But she's—I don't think she has the defensive skills as Sullivan. There's also uh, Dorian Bailey, who was mostly a sub in the previous season. Um, she started against the Houston Dash, and I think played really well, so she could be a possibility. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he changes up the the tactics because. This team is just so built around her.
0: That sounds like an absolutely devastating blow, especially when you say, you know, not only are you unsure if anyone on our team could replace someone like Andy Sullivan, but anyone in the league, I mean, that is an enormous blow to the team. And she's now out for the tournament. Now, that being said, there are ways you can play around that. You can change formation. And that actually smoothly transitions into my next question for you, which is that Let's look ahead at the quarterfinal matchup now that the preliminary round is over. We are going to be playing Sky Blue FC, who finished in seventh place. Now, it was a tight table. There were a number of teams on four points, which is a win, a draw, and two losses, and Sky Blue FC being one of them. What are your thoughts going into that matchup?
1: Um, I'm definitely feeling less confident with the Sullivan injury. If you had asked me... After the first two Sky Blue teams, I think Sky Blue games, sorry, Sky Blue just looked in complete disarray. I think they had, um, they tied 0 0 in their first game and then they lost 1 0 to Utah. So they had zero goals and they just looked like they didn't really know what they were even trying to do. So I would have felt more confident. But then in their last two games, Sky Blue has really turned it around. Um, they beat the Houston Dash 2-0, and then last night they lost to the North Carolina Courage 2-0, but they actually did look really good, and I think counterintuitively that was their best game so far. So now I'm looking – I'm a little bit more nervous about Sky Blue because I think they're looking a lot better, Um, and then plus with that injury. Sky Blue also has a really good – goalkeeper kaylin sheridan she's a canadian international so she's a really tough keeper to beat and i think that that's something that the spirit have been successful in maintaining a lot of possession but they haven't been as successful in converting that into goals so i think that it could be a tough matchup for them
0: well not what we wanted to hear <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but you know i mean i'm asking you you know your honest thoughts and losing Andy Sullivan, you know, like you had said earlier is a big blow. And now sky blue looks like they finally turned it around and to look good against the North Carolina courage. Again, last week I compared them to like the golden state warriors when they had Kevin Durant or the new England Patriots in terms of the dynasty run that they bring. So to look good against them, you may not beat them, but if you look good against them, man, that is a major compliment that you're giving sky blue FC there. Now let's talk about the starting 11. So, Richie Burke, he's done a great job, as you've alluded to, comes in last year. We're close to the playoffs, don't quite make it. But now we're looking good. You are now Richie Burke, Mora. Who are you starting? Yeah, (laughs) who are you starting (laughs) in this game against Sky Blue? What's your formation and who are your starters?
1: That's a tough one. But I think I would probably stick with the 4-3-3 and just try to trust the squad that I had. Um, So I would stick with Bledsoe in goal. Aubrey Bledsoe, she's been an absolute brick wall for the last several seasons and looking great in this tournament. Um, I would keep the center-back pairing of uh, Sam Stab and Paige Nielsen and then keep Tegan McGrady on the left fullback. And then I think um, Tori Huster has been playing right fullback for the Spirit. Um, She's a veteran. She's actually been with the Spirit since their inaugural season in 2013, which I think she's one of the very few NWSL players still going and with the same team. Um, So I might move her into the Andy Sullivan spot of like the low-lying central midfielder, because that's actually where she played a lot of her career and she would bring that kind of veteran stability And then for right fullback, I would play Jenna Hellstrom. And then I would go with the other two midfielders, Rose Lavelle, obviously, just total legend, and uh, Jordan DiBiase. And then up top, I would go Ashley Sanchez, the rookie. She's just been so exciting and having an amazing tournament and even just getting better game to game over these first Games that she's played, Ashley Hatch as a center forward, and uh, Kumi Yokoyama on the, as the other forward.
0: That sounds like a strong team to me. I tell you what, I have a huge soccer crush on Ashley Sanchez, and it's not because of the way she looks. Those the <laughs> creativity she brings to the and Yokoyama for that for that matter. But Ashley Sanchez, she brings you that little extra. She can go down the line. She can cut inside. She's willing to shoot which is huge because you can get a rebound to Ashley Hatch or Rose Lavelle crashing into the box. I really like her playing style. Even though she's just a rookie, she looks incredibly confident. And I'm always, you know, more excited as a fan watching her on the ball. And Yokoyama, I think, is a very creative player with Rose Lavelle behind. Man, I'm getting excited. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Love the lineup. Love the lineup. Now, I wanted to also ask you how far you think the Spirit can go. So what I'm asking for is actually two things. What is your prediction for the game against Sky Blue FC? If it's a loss, so be it. But if they did win, how far do you see the Spirit going in this tournament?
1: I think that the Spirit can definitely pull it out against Sky Blue, despite what I said before about Sky Blue looking better and the Spirit's you know, most important player being out. I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a like a two-to-one game in the Spirit's favor. Um, I think the Spirit have looked really good starting out games, but then they kind of haven't been able to to close them out. So I think what they need to work on is just putting in a complete game. Like, for example, the Houston game, they totally dominated in the first half. And the possession stats were, I think it was like 70% Spirit or something crazy like that. Um, but they still went into halftime 1-0. And then the, the game ended with kind of uh, they were just disorganized and trying to play for their lives to finish it out. So I think if they can do a better job of turning that possession into something, in, into goals, they can go really far. And I know that sounds trite on a soccer podcast to say, oh, they just need to score some more goals. <laughs> um, but that's kind of what it comes down to. And I really think that, you know, getting the number two seed was important because the gap between the North Carolina courage and everybody else is just so big. And so I think any other matchup on any given day could be a toss up. So I think that we can definitely get to the final game and we'll probably be playing the North Carolina courage if we get there. And then, You know, we'll try our hardest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a plan to me. So once again, the Washington Spirit are playing Sky Blue FC in the quarterfinals. If they were to win, they would play O.L. Rain or Chicago Red Stars, whoever wins that game, and then would move on to the final. Hopefully, I mean, I would love to play the North Carolina Cards, but I also wouldn't mind if somebody else managed to beat them and you end up getting a bit more of a toss-up game over there. You can see the game against sky blue fc on cbs all access they play on july 18th at 12 30 p.m eastern now Mora, these games are not being played with any fans whatsoever and you are a season ticket holder for the spirit what do you miss most about going to washington spirit games
1: i love the entire just live sports experience and the Spirit in particular, up until now, have played most of their home games at the Maryland Soccerplex, which is out in Germantown, so it's kind of a pain to get there, but then it's actually fun because it is a really intimate setting, and you're so close to literally the world's best players who are stars of the World Cup, and then they're, like, right in front of your face. Um and then I was also excited in this season, it felt like the spirit were kind of graduating and they were going to play four games at Audi field. And I think that would have just been such a big step forward in attracting new fans, especially people that live in DC. Yeah. It's just a huge loss. And, and I guess what I miss most though, to get back to your question, I'm also a member of the spirit squadron, the supporters group. So We stand the whole time, have banners, chant the whole time. And it's just a really fun experience. And the leaders of that group do put in a lot of work to make sure that the the game atmosphere is really fun and and lively. And yeah, definitely dying to get back to that. Hopefully next year, who knows, maybe later this year.
0: Later this year would be absolutely fantastic. Here's hoping... The games are always, in every sport, so much better with the fans in the arena, you know, field side. It's it's just makes the game so much better. Mora, thank you so much for your time today. I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. I'm going to give you the floor, and you can say whatever you want to. You can plug yourself if you want to. You can say spider 2 Y Banana. shout out John Gurdon. whatever you want to do. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: No, I just want to thank you so much for having me on and giving the Spirit coverage on your District Divided podcast. And I feel like oftentimes when women's soccer or the NWSL in specific is being covered, it's sort of as in a negative light or, you know, can this league survive? Um, And so I appreciate you just covering it like you are covering all the other sports happenings in D.C. And I think that that's exactly what the team needs and what the NWSL needs. And so I guess to all your listeners, I would just say, get all in on the spirit. It's really fun. And whenever we can have games again, you should buy tickets and be there. And that's all I got. (laughs)
0: That's a great sentiment there. And I definitely plan on buying tickets the you know idea of being able to see Rosalvel Ashley Sanchez, Andy Sullivan when she's back, Aubrey Bloodso, seeing these people real close, you know, like you were uh saying earlier is really cool, especially now that I'm becoming a bigger fan and I plan on covering the spirit uh you know more and more as we go. So, I really appreciate that. Really appreciate you and thanks so much for the time today. More, enjoy the rest of your evening.
1: Great. Thanks so much.
0: On to this week's State of the Union address for DC Sports. Let's continue with the NWSL and the Washington Spirit. The Spirit play in the quarterfinals of the Challenge Cup against Sky Blue FC. It is Saturday, July 18th at 12.30 p.m. and you can catch the game on CBS All Access. Should they win, they will play the winner of the OL Reign Chicago Red Stars game. They've already beaten the Chicago Red Stars once this tournament. Maybe they could do it again, so maybe they're rooting for the Red Stars should they win. But we'll see. It's hard to beat a team twice in one season, let alone in about 10 days or so. Moving on to the other soccer team in D.C., D.C. United. They play in the MLS's backup, and their opener was an absolute banger. They go down 2-0 to Toronto FC, and then all of a sudden, Junior Moreno gets a red card to end the first half. So it's 2-0. You're down a man. It's surely gone. The chance to get anything is surely gone. Well... Thanks to Federico Iguain in the 84th minute, we get back in the game down two to one, and then Frederic Briant in the 91st minute ties the game. To put this in perspective, this does not happen, people. Going down 2-0 and then being down a man, that's a death sentence. There's no way you come back from the game. Since 2007, teams that have gone down 2-0 and then down a man are 0-156-1. That is 156 losses one draw zero wins dc united now has a draw they amazing performance the fight the grit i thought the game was over but i was happy to be proven wrong and their next game is friday july 17th at 8 p.m against the new england revolution who won their first game against the montreal impact one to zero so the standings in dc united's group we have the new england revolution at three points we have the montreal impact at zero points Toronto FC, D.C. United each at one point. When you add it to the regular season standings, we have the New England Revolution at four points. Montreal Impact at four points. D.C. United now has four points. And Toronto FC sits at the top with five points, but it could have been seven points. They blew an opportunity there. D.C. United once again held strong against Toronto FC, tying two to two. On to Major League Baseball and your defending champion, Washington Nationals. They had an intra-squad scrimmage yesterday and they are looking to begin with a bang against the New York Yankees. That is going to be on July 23rd at 7 p.m. MLB Baseball is finally back. Looking forward to that and looking forward to seeing how we do in once again our 60-game abbreviated season there now on to the nhl they finally released a schedule it all begins august 1st officially there are a couple exhibition games july 29th and 30th but yeah it begins august 1st the washington capitals had earned a bye, so they're actually in a round robin tournament with the top four seeds of them amongst that top four in the eastern conference so they'll be playing on August 3rd against the Tampa Bay Lightning, on August 6th against the Philadelphia Flyers, and on August 8th against the Boston Bruins. That will determine playoff seating in the East, and the hub city there, Toronto. The hub city in the West, Edmonton. So Canada gets both hub cities in the NHL. Very excited to see the Washington Caps back in action. Man, we're loaded with sports in July. On to the WNBA and the Washington Mystics. Elena Deladon steals the headlines over here with an article she put out in the Players' Tribune talking about Lyme disease. She was looking for a medical exemption from the league from playing in this WNBA restart down in Florida. However, they said no, despite the fact that her own personal doctor said it is not safe to play. For those of you that do not know, Lyme disease is a very debilitating disease and it leaves you immunocompromised. She talked about in the article how she, with the common cold for example, would be a total wreck or a flu shot would leave her in a total wreck. I highly recommend reading this article because included in it, she talks about how she takes 64. That's right, 64 pills a day. That is insane. And that's just to be able to play basketball, let alone at the high level that she does. So for her to then choose to play, it's gonna be interesting. She's still deciding whether to play. She has to now decide, it's crazy. She has to now decide between getting a paycheck or her health. With the medical exemption, she would have been able to sit out and still get paid. But now, like millions of Americans, she's going to have to decide between a paycheck and health. It's a tough position to be in. I wish there was just more understanding in this situation. Personally, I hope she does sit out. I don't think it's worth it. There's going to be plenty of basketball after COVID. seems like a vaccine is on the way. Fingers crossed there. I just want everyone to stay healthy and get through this. There's no point risking yourself in this type of situation, but we will see what Elena Deladon decides to do. Once again, the Washington Mystics will begin their season July 25th, actually. The WNBA did revise their schedule, so they opened their season July 25th against the Indiana Fever. Now, transitioning to the Washington football team, there's been some really weird stuff going on, and so they have a handful of updates to go through. So we're going to just have that be its own segment starting right now. so there's a whole lot going on for the Washington football team so I'm going to break this segment down into three topics number one football operations the football side of things for the Washington football team number two the name change and number three all these reports coming out from various members of the media saying something bad is going to happen but not getting into any specifics whatsoever let's begin with number one Brandon Scherf was on the franchise tag the deadline passed to get a long-term deal done and he is still on the franchise tag what does that mean He is going to be playing a one-year deal for the washington football team through the 2020 season and at that point both parties will have a chance to renegotiate and hopefully get a long-term deal done we will see what happens there number two the name change the Washington football team came out with a statement which had the word Redskins in it seven times. Maybe that's petty, maybe that's not. I don't read into it all that much because they still have the domain name redskins.com, for example. The letterhead has Redskins on it. It's just what they have. I don't think it was meant to be a dig or just, you know, anything petty like that. But basically, what the statement said was that. At the end of this process, this naming process, they will no longer be called the Washington Redskins. Personally, I'm for the name change. It was a huge headache. This comes up every year. And frankly, here's the thing. It's a complex issue because for Native Americans, some of them find it offensive and others are not offended by it. In fact, some even feel honored by it. The point is it's a very complex word and it's not worth all the hassle to keep it. At the end of the day, I grew up a Washington football fan. I had amazing memories growing up. Even though the team sucked, it was still so much fun and still is so much fun on Sundays to be able to watch them play and root for them. I don't care what they're called. At the end of the day, I'm going to root for them and so are you. And if you're not gonna root for them because of a name change, you got a lot of self-exploration to do, honestly, man, because it's a name at the end of the day. If we're winning football games, I know it won't matter, okay? And if we're not, well, Hey, it's more of the same. We're pretty used to it. So moving forward, that's the name change. They're still figuring it out. There is a local man that has a bunch of trademarks and he is claimed to be giving them to the Washington football team for free. We will see what happens there. That's a favorite phrase of mine. Apparently we will see what happens there, but it's the truth. We will see now on to number three. And this for many, many people is becoming very irritating. And rightfully so on sunday night multiple members of the media came out and said not only is the name going to change but there is some other piece of news and it is bad jp finley comes to mind julie donaldson comes to mind more recently pat mcafee comes to mind when he came out and said hey this story is going to be bonkers from what he heard so there seems to be this secret amongst the media of what they've heard and what they think is going to happen and they all keep saying it's bad. Oh, it's terrible. Barstool Nate. Oh, from what I understand, it's bad. Look, if you have nothing to share, there's honestly no point in doing this. All you're doing is drumming up interest. And there's a chance this story gets killed by the way, because if it is as quote unquote bad as people think it is, lawyers are going to be involved. And that means that certain things may not come out, which means there is a chance that we're not going to hear about what just occurred. There is a natural curiosity amongst fans, amongst people in general. Dan Snyder is a very hot topic right now. We want to know what is going on. And the fact that you are just teasing it out for people makes no sense. What do you have to gain? Let's, let's explore that for a moment. If you tweeted out, hey, something's bad, why would you do that? The reason you would do that is because you want people to know that you know something. There is no other reason, because if you're not breaking the story, all you're saying is, hey, I knew about this too. I didn't want to get beat to it. I didn't want to pretend like I had no idea. So uh, I know about this as well. Just saying when this comes out, I know about this. Good job. If it doesn't come out, what you look like an asshat. If this does not come out, and by the way, it is so hyped at this point, this is one of the most hyped stories of the year. And if this does not come out, then a lot of reporters, in my opinion, have lost credibility because anytime they try and hype something up, I understand you're trying to get your clicks. You're trying to get attention. It's part of your job. I understand that. But man, this would be a hit. People would mock our reporters for what's going on right now. Everyone is saying this is gonna be awful. This is gonna be terrible. If this does not result in something along the lines of Dan Snyder being forced to sell the team, this is the most overhyped story potentially in the history of the franchise, potentially. And that's sad because reporting should be about getting the facts and making sure that the people know immediately about something. John Keim has been incredible throughout this entire thing. He's an ESPN reporter, regularly on ESPN 980. John Keim has been a stud throughout this whole process. He does not claim to know anything more than anybody else. He is not attempting to hype this up that is what sports journalism or journalism in general, excuse me, should look like. It should look like that. What people are doing right now is pathetic. There is absolutely no point to it. Lots of people really love and care about this team and they're just stringing them along. And it's just sad to see now enough of that rant. Let's get to the actual facts that we know right now. Number one, Larry Michael longtime radio play by play announcer for the Washington football team abruptly quit the other day that sort of came out of nowhere. So people seem to think that there is something going on. And after all, where there's smoke, there is fire. So if this story does come out, well, then I would expect some fireworks to go off. Larry Michael might be a part of it, but maybe he isn't. I don't know. Adam Schefter just tweeted right now that DC attorney Beth Wilkinson is going to be reviewing the organization's protocols, which I think means that she's going to be looking into the culture and see if anything's going on. He also said that the Washington football team is very upset with the speculation that has run amok and they should be look, my feelings about Dan Snyder aside, my feelings about how the team has run aside. Again, this has been borderline unprofessional, if not unprofessional from reporters to just tweet incredibly vague things and nothing else just again stringing people along if you have something or know something is coming out then you tweet but if you're not even sure don't do it so there is smoke larry michael gone alex santos got fired richard Mann third got fired there seems to be some sort of cultural issues which is hilarious when you think about it because bruce allen it had to have been just a year ago said that the culture is quote, damn good, end quote. So let's see if Bruce Allen is a part of all this. I'm not going to speculate any further than that, because I'm going to leave that to the reporters and hopefully they get around to actually reporting things. JP Finley just tweeted out that there will be lawyers involved in response to the Adam Schefter tweet. Looks like we're going to have to wait a little bit longer, guys. Hopefully this story comes out. Hopefully it wasn't just The boy cried wolf and nothing happens. But as a fan, here's hoping. Here's hoping we get some answers to the questions that we have and were brought about by reporters tweeting like crazy about how bad this is going to be. That will conclude the segment on the Washington football team. So thank you all for listening. Once again, a special thank you to Maura Duffy, member of the Spirit Squadron, a Washington Spirit season ticket holder, and huge fan of the Washington Spirit for joining us and talking to us about the game against Sky Blue FC and just how far the Washington Spirit can go. They'll be missing Andy Sullivan, who is the anchor of the team. But hey, it's the quarterfinals. Anything can happen 90 minutes at a time. Once again, the big takeaway from the State of the Union, Elena Deladon, WNBA and Washington Mystics superstar, comes out and says she has Lyme disease and takes 64 pills a day just to deal with that. She has an immunocompromised system and is currently deciding whether to play the season or not after not getting a medical exemption from the WNBA, meaning she is deciding between getting paid for the season and playing or not getting paid and not playing. And finally, the Washington football team. Reporters, train wreck. Team, train wreck. Polypolo, superstar. Your time to shine, baby. Take us out. I spent my whole damn life
1: in the city. Anywhere I go, D.C.'s coming with me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. I can go for broke, but the capital is in me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. Anywhere I go, D.C.'s coming with me. Spent my whole damn life in the city I could go for broke, but the capital is in me